welcome to the Junction Church Aberdeen podcast. We're so glad you chose to listen to this life-changing message. Uh, my last message for 2013. And I was really praying. I actually came with a message um, tonight. This is one of those unusual nights where I changed my message in the worship. And uh, so... I, I wanted to, um, I came with a, with a message in my heart about who the church is. Uh, but tonight, I really felt very strong. It was actually during worship, and I was, uh, I looked across and I saw Hannah singing, and uh, yeah, you honey, and uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, I saw Hannah singing away, and I was really just touched by our kids worshipping and, and just watching them praise and 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 I just felt this shift in my heart to to preach a different message and so um you might even get a prophecy tonight I know I just really want and I want to speak tonight about how to hear the voice of God for your life you know as we as we pursue 2014 we look at it with excitement about what God is going to do but Every single one of us, we want to hear his voice as we do it. We, we want that assurance that what we're doing is the right thing, not just a good idea. That we, we know God is speaking to us about certain issues. Ruth spoke during the, um, uh, um, in the update um, about uh, how God is doing a great thing, a new thing for 2014, and we were actually talking together this morning about how there is breakthrough in the air for many people's lives. And I was sharing with her um, how the Lord has been speaking to me about healing and, and just pursuing some of that revelation about what it is that causes us to get significant breakthrough. Uh, and I know that there are, there are secrets um, of the kingdom, mysteries, within the kingdom of God. Paul speaks about the kingdom, uh, the mysteries of the kingdom. He reveals these mysteries. And there is something about the kingdom of God. It is laid out clearly. It's laid out plainly. And yet there are mysteries in the way the Spirit of God works and moves upon our lives. And it takes people who were just... You can't just glide through your Christian faith without asking deep questions. Because you'll never get true revelation. The gospel is laid out simply that you may be able to simply understand. And yet it is complex in its nature. It causes, it pulls you in by its simplicity. And yet the gospel draws you into a place where you have to seek him. And to understand what he's saying for your life personally. To know how he's speaking to you. And how, what is it? He, what is it he's saying? How do I live a life of faith that is significant, that is, that is making a difference? How many of you read the Bible? You read the story. How many of you read the Bible? Yeah, everyone's like, oh yes, I do. Yeah. How many of you read it often? <laughs> How many of you read the Bible? You read the stories. You hear the testimonies of heroes of old. And then you wonder why you're not experiencing that now. 
You ask that question. If you don't ask that question, um, I think you should. (laughs) Because the Word of God is still the Word of God, right? His voice is still His voice. His voice still changes people's lives. When God speaks, He dramatically shifts and changes the natural course of events around us. His voice can utterly change a man's life, can can change his destiny, can change the very fabric of his DNA. God can touch and change people in any significant way, can change your mind, your heart, your life, your physical form. He can change you, heal you, restore you, empower you. He can change the world around you. He can choose anything he needs to do. His voice is powerful to bring life and redemption upon this earth. That's his voice. And yet as we look upon the earth, we we have to understand that there are mysteries and we need to hear him that we may be able to understand him. Amen? Now, tonight, I want to give you a few clues on how to, how to understand what God is saying to you. What is, he, what is He saying into your life? What is He saying about your life? How do you pursue your life and pursue your faith? Hannah, this is what the Lord spoke to me. I saw you worshipping and I saw you with a little notepad and you were writing down a few scriptures. And you wrote down these verses and you just wrote down a, little, a few thoughts about what they meant to you. And I really feel the Lord says, write it down. Just write down what, these, what, what it means to you. Because they will become like your signature. You know, when you, you probably haven't practiced, you, maybe you've practiced your signature. Like, people don't write checks anymore. We used to have the practice of writing checks. <laughs> writing a check. I, this is my signature. Did, did, did. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we used to have to practice your... Yeah, what number was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Zero four three two. You know, how does God speak to us? Well, John ten, verse twenty two says this. Now it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, which would have been about um, November time, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you're the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you do not believe because you're not my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Now if you carry on reading this scripture you'll discover that they get really angry at this um, that he said that he is God and they try to stone him. Now this is ridiculous really because they've just said tell us plainly if you're the Christ or not. Now he's just told them that he is the Christ (laughs) and now they want to kill him for blaspheming (laughs) because he said he was the Christ. (laughs) But they can't hear it because Jesus has just been speaking about the good shepherd. He said to them that he is the door, he is the door of the sheep. He is the door, uh, the one you enter life through. He has just told them that he is the true shepherd. And so many have gone on and become like 
surely this, this man, some of them said, surely this man has a demon. And others have said, this man can't be a demon. Can, can a demon open blind eyes? No, they can't. And so they begin to, um, they begin to realize that there's something unique about this man, that he, may, he must be the Christ. But what happens is that, that we have to understand is that they, they couldn't hear him because their heart was removed from him. And so I, I want you to go through three things that enables you to, to hear the voice of God. Number one, your believing determines your hearing, and your hearing determines your believing. You see, the Jews heard the words, but their hearts were screaming with words of unbelief much louder than the words that Christ was speaking to them. In other words, pride... An arrogance of being right will stop you from hearing what God is saying to you. I, I remember um, coming to church. Um, it was um, pre-coming up here and we were in um, what was Christian Eric Centre. Um, then is now known as INC. And we were in the church and I had recently been told off by Pastor Ashley for something. Um, it happened quite often, and it's a sign of potential leadership. And uh, those who get told off a lot. I was actually, I was actually interested to, uh, we watched, I don't know how many of you watched Bear Grylls and um, Stephen Fry. It was, it was an incredible, you, if, you, if you didn't watch it, see if you can get it on, um, on iPlayer or whatever it is it was on. And um, because Bear Grylls is a Christian in great testimony of faith. Stephen Fry is a humanist and a, and a broken man. Uh, and it, Stephen Fry is, you know, he's, he's expressing quite humbly, in a sense, he's just expressing what he thinks. And Stephen Fry, um, Bear Grylls, just in his heart, is, uh, gives such a great reply of his love for, for his, the love of God and and being able to have a, a faith in him. And there's Bear Grylls, who's just so in control of his situation, so at peace, so settled. And there's a man who's advocating humanism, that man can sort out his own problems, and he's wrestling with the inner demons within his own life, and he's not in control of anything. And it was just amazing. But they, they both looked at each other and, re- and realized that both of them had been expelled from school. And I'm amazed that significant people are often very naughty as children, which I just go, thank you, Jesus. I know, I know significance is part of my life. I was never expelled, despite my numerous attempts. <laughs> but anyway, moving on. I can't even remember how I got into that. Yeah, pride. Right, so here I am, and I'm and Pastor Ashley, and so... He's had a go at me, and I'm, you know, I don't like being told off, right? So when I'm told off, I'm feeling really angry and irritated by them uh, and misunderstood. And uh, so I'm looking, and I'm hearing him preach, and he's preaching, and everyone's going, amen, praise God. And I'm just sitting there. I'm not hearing. I'm hearing it, but I'm not hearing it. I'm not hearing it because I'm irritated by him because he's up there and he's doing his thing and he's praying for people who look at him praying for people. <laughs> oh, look, he's so blessed. And everyone thinks he's wonderful. I don't. 
But in the end, you can sit there looking all like, and your 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 bad attitude is simply pride disabling you from hearing the word of God speaking to your heart. And all I could hear was my attitude. I couldn't hear God. I couldn't hear peace. I didn't feel the anointing. You go in feeling bad, go out feeling worse. <laughs> Everyone else goes out feeling better and you've just sunk into a deeper mire. And it's amazing. Here are these Jews, they're going, they come to hear Jesus only to go away feeling worse. They come to hear him, but they... They, when they leave, they're angry because they eventually try and kill him with stones, but he somehow disappears. The Bible says he was surrounded by the Jews. They picked up stones to kill him, but he um, escaped from them. We don't know how he escaped from them, but Jesus, you know, when Jesus was arrested, he gave up his life. He, he wasn't caught. He surrendered himself. For the, for the sacrifice of sin. And, but Jesus here is surrounded by these people and they came to hear him with a bad attitude and they left with a worse attitude because they couldn't hear him. And the first thing we have to understand is that if you've if you got to hear the voice of God, you have to humble the pride within your heart to remove every bad attitude that you may listen with humility that which is being spoken to you. And humility, this is, the, this is the beautiful thing about humility. Humility means that you listen to how God is speaking to you and you're prepared to receive it wherever it's coming from. Wherever it's coming from. You know, I've, I've spoken, you know, we have a, we have a style of church based upon a revelation based upon the Word of God, based upon what God speaks to us about. And sometimes I'm spending time with ministers who don't have that revelation. They're constrained by tradition and religion and they, they are constrained by all of these things. And you can sit there. And sometimes I've had to sit and listen and let God speak to me through these men. Who, who don't even know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Who don't have that liberty. Who don't have that freedom. And yet, will sit and speak about a truth. And my, my response has to be this. Lord, I humble myself that I may hear what you're saying to me. Because God wants to speak to you. And he will use his servant. He'll use a donkey if he has to. And you know what? I had conversation with one of my neighbours recently who was in the New Age um, to quite some degree. And God spoke to me through a donkey. That's probably the best way to describe it. Because the person who was speaking to me is not remotely born again. In fact, pursuing a different agenda. But God spoke to me. You see, you have to humble your heart to be able to hear what God wants to say because He will use the situations and circumstances around you to speak into your heart. But you've got to have a listening, a listening voice. It says, 
of John 10, in John 10 verse 40, and it says this, and he went away again, this is Jesus after he got away, he went away again beyond the Jordan to the place where John was baptizing at first, and there he stayed. Then many came to him and said, John performed no sign, but all the things that John spoke about this man were true, and many believed in him there. In other words, many people found Jesus because of the voice of John speaking truth. They heard it, they saw it, and understood it. But if your heart is not hearing it, you'll never see it. You see, there are, God is doing great things around the, around the earth, but if your heart isn't, if your ear isn't hearing it, you'll never see it. It'll be happening right in front of you, and you'll never see it. You know, we went to uh, the Pensacola revival in the 1990, uh, no, it was 90, we went in 97, and again in 1999, it was drawing to a close. Um, and it was an incredible revival. And God, it was a, it was a tr- revival of true repentance in people's lives just coming and repenting before God and it was, it was a revival of, of people just running and getting saved and born again and the church ex- exploded but in that town there were other churches who were like just furious about this revival they and I'd be like you know if, I, if another revival like that broke out in another church I'd be irritated right but I mean <laughs> I mean why <laughs> But you've got to celebrate what God is doing. Otherwise, you can't, you can't expect, you can't speak, man can't speak with forked tongue. <laughs> you can't be saying the Lord wants us to do this, that and the other if you can't celebrate what God's doing. And so to hear what God is saying, you've got to have a heart that believes in what God is doing and you've got to be able to hear what he's seeing, what he's doing, so that you can see what is going on around you. Amen? Yeah. All right, number two. The works of God reveal the voice of God. How do, you, how do I know what God is saying to me? Well, his works reveal his voice. You see, the Jews knew what they saw was a good thing, but they couldn't see it was a God thing. Alright? They saw it. When Jesus said to them in verse 25, he said, the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me, but you do not believe because you're not my sheep. You see, you've got to see what God's doing in your life. And you've got to be able to be thankful for what he has done. And know that what he is doing in your life is speaking to you. Um, what God has done to us, how God has blessed us, our first fruits for this year has so abundantly spoken to me. The things that God did for us, to us this year, were directly in line with what we prayed for. And was significantly more pressed down, shaken together and running over beyond anything that we could possibly imagine but was exactly what we prayed for. Nobody knew that prayer but God knew that prayer. And, and we've got to be able to not just thank the Lord to, for being blessed but hear how God is speaking to us 
through that blessing. And be able to see, see, see that blessing is speaking a message into your life which enables you to pursue a life of faith. There's a blessing in it. That my God shall supply all my need. There is a blessing in what God does for you. How He touches you. How He sustains you. The works that He does within your life. Stop and look at what He has done. And celebrate it. Because in celebrating it, you will begin to understand His voice as He speaks to you. How many of you know that, that God is, he is really touching your life with significant blessing? It's time to speak the blessing. Jesus said, Jesus said that you see the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me, but you don't believe. They, they could see blind eyes being opened. And many would say demons can't open blind eyes. So, so who is this? But they, they wouldn't believe because they wouldn't let their hearts be humbled because they had another agenda. But we have to humble our hearts and say, Lord, speak to me. We see, we want God to speak to us over everything else. We just want him to come down and, and stand before us and give us a proclamation. But, but God's already speaking to you through the things he's doing through you. And you've got to be able to hear it. Amen? Yeah. All right, my last point. How God speaks to you. You are a follower of him. Now, the Jews weren't followers, they were observers. If you want to hear what he's saying, you have to follow him, not just observe him. Now, the Jews, they came to hear Jesus, but they didn't come to follow him. They came to listen, but they didn't come to walk in his paths. They were observing what was going on. Many people can come to church, but they come to observe, not to follow See, followers give their life to the person that they are following. Jesus said to the disciples, put down your nets and follow me. To follow him was to walk the path that he was walking, was to go on the journey that he was going on, was to listen to his words, to eat bread with him, to sleep with him, to live the life that he was living in the places he was living them. It was to follow him. But many people come to observe him. They don't follow him. They're still living their own life, but they're coming to church to see whether they can grab something and add it to their own life as some kind of additional add-on. Like some kind of special piece of technology which you can buy in a shop or, or get for free and add to your life that make your life better. You know, do, do you ever, you know... I like walking into the Sony shop in the Union Square. I like looking at the amazing TVs and going, Cheryl, we need that TV. We need it because the Lord will speak to us far more if we can, if we can watch amazing movies. On <laughs> And you look at the computers, you look at the music system, it's just like, she says, oh, and then I go down to the Apple shop and go, ah, ooh, I need a new iPad. 
nothing wrong with my old iPad. I just need a new one. I need a smaller one because the other one's so big, it's so heavy. I travel a lot. I need something light that I can hold on one finger. I can just... I can go through life. I can go to the airport. Nothing weighing me down. The Lord will minister to me more if I have a new iPad. We all want something new which is going to make our life so much better. And so we come and we observe in church and we go, what new thing can I get that I can bolt onto my life like this significant piece of technology that it, it will just make my whole life better? <coughs> the, the iPad is fabulous. But it hasn't made me any better. It's made a lot of what I do easier. I don't have to wait five hours while I, where the PC warms up. I'm going, oh, look at this. It's got another update before it comes. Up. Oh. It's, it's quick. It's, instant. it's made life easier, but it hasn't made my, me any better. And observers of Christian faith can be blessed by what they see but they're not following Christ because they're not walking in it. They're just allowing it to just touch them but not change them. You want to hear him, follow him. Consider within your heart whether you're following him or whether you're observing him. I think there comes a point in all of our lives when we were all observers at one point we all came to church at one point to observe as Julius was giving the testament he brought up in brought up in church observed hell every day (laughs) got to get born again (laughs) got to give my heart I don't want to roast (laughs) it's enough to put the fear of God into you isn't it I don't know whether it's especially healthy but uh, it kind of worked you know (laughs) It didn't really do you any harm, right? (laughs) But we were all observers. At some point, I remember being in church, observing the voice of the preacher, the the singing of the hymns, the, the earnestness of the elderly that came in every week and just prayed. And I remember watching them, wondering, asking, what is it that, what is it about them? I remember being an observer. And then there came a point when I realized I had to become a follower. And when you follow him, you hear him. And you ask the question, well, I can't hear him. Well, it's time to follow him again. You see, he's speaking to you. You've got to be close enough to hear him speak. If you're not walking with someone close enough you can't hear their conversation Jesus is speaking to you you need to know what he's saying so you need to follow him closely the disciples followed him and they sat with him as he began to unfold the mystery of the kingdom of God and you know what there are mysteries that will be unfolded in your life in 2014 mysteries that the Lord has got for you. Become a follower of Jesus Christ. 
follow him again. Say, well, I gave my life to, to Jesus. Well, follow him again. Make that commitment. Say, Lord, I, I give my life to you, Lord. I earnestly walk in your truth and in your ways. For more information about the church, visit us online at www.thejunctionchurch.com or come along and see for yourself in one of our services.